wasn't recorded. Hey it's Rowdy Reviews with Rudy and Kyle. If you haven't exited out already, please don't, because we're going to talk about a very mediocre movie called... <laughs> don't give it away, bro. What's, uh, what's the movie? What movie are we reviewing? We're doing scary stories in the dark. Oh. Scary stories to tell in the dark, which oh, is well, yeah, yeah, right. a famous book oh, series. No. We already got the title wrong. This God. is not off to a good... <laughs> <laughs> Dog on it. So, uh, yeah, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is a book series that many of us may or may not have read when we were younger. I know I did. Kyle did it. Yeah. So I think it'll be good to get, uh, you know, uh, maybe a perspective yours when you read the books and how it compares, and then mine, just a regular film watcher slash yeah. non-book reader. Uh, just to describe the film, it's just like... Three kids, well, four kids. Do you want to give your overall take of it? Uh, you know, it's like a quick overview. It's like three kid, like four yeah. kids in a town being haunted by a bunch of scary stuff that's related to a book, and that's literally the summary of the movie, in my opinion. So, how would you describe it? Um, well, it's it's a little bit of an adventure for these teenagers. It's like they're kind of, it's sort of like a, another teenage horror film, but it's not. It's kind of geared more towards a kid audience. So I don't know that it's trying to be like a real scary movie, but uh, but it's kind of, you know, like warming a kid up to like the genre if they're not used to watching it. I'd agree with that. So. Um, I would describe it as a mixture of uh, Stranger Things, Death Note, and the Goosebumps movie series. Yeah. For some reason, I kept comparing it to uh, the It remake it. a lot. I felt like there were times where it was, um, you know, kind of following the same, a similar pattern. No, I don't know. If uh, I'd say it was as effective at, because uh, I actually liked the, the movie It a lot. I thought it was a l just entertaining as a movie itself without even any of the scares. But uh, yeah, my overall take of it was that it was rough. Yeah, I I, I was expecting to like it. And I just didn't. I I couldn't get into it. Maybe I watched it in a bad mood. But uh, for me, it was just I didn't care for the characters that much. There wasn't anybody I felt like I could relate to. I thought they were kind of cliche. Uh, there's no one I was, like, rooting for. It was, like, I could... I'd be okay if they all just died, honestly, in the movie. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I don't know. I just thought this... Uh, it just... It felt sort of rushed overall in the pacing. And I... I think they're trying to create uh, a movie where these characters are, like, the central story all connects somehow like I don't think they do it in the book do they Rudy do you remember like if how the book was like the, the short stories are like all separate stories they're all right? separate they're all separate stories so it's these like these are kind of like connecting pieces for the movie to create a whole you know each book each story, story could have been its own movie but that's gonna the way, like, yeah so just to give an overview of the book it's like if you ever read the Goosebug series it's like the Scary Stories of Tell in the Dark is like a culmination of just scarier versions of a goosebump story. It's essentially a creepypasta or yeah. R slash no sleep, but in book form before many of us had internet. And that's how I discovered like scary stories exist and how to spook myself when it was just a young Rudy at the local library, you know? That's right, man. Just getting your read on. Gotta get my get read on. Get my read on. Get my, 
This I'm book. Not, no. I, ho- I hope this book inspired <laughs> a bunch of other people to get y'all get y'all in the library and reading. See y'all in some yeah, goofy book. Jeez. Jeez. Or so, watch the movie and. Uh, that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, spoiler, if you haven't watched the movie yet, um, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So, go watch it now or don't get all like get all hot and bothered when we re- spoil the movie for you. So, uh, you want to start it off, Kyle? What are we describing it now? Oh, we're still the plot, so I'll start oh, it off. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. starts on Halloween 1968. You see, like, these kids getting ready. Like, you see the main character... Um, uh, Stella Nichols, who is played by Zoe Coletti, mm-hmm. like getting her makeup ready because I think she's going as a well. I th- I I, I th- was she a witch? She was a witch. Those uh, the, she had like the moles all over the fake moles all over. Yeah. So you get uh, you get uh, Ch- Charlie Chuck Steinberg, <laughs> who's just like the typical like guy. Like he has like a slight lisp to him, so he's just the typical teenage boy that just. Doesn't give a heck about anything. Augie Aug- Hildebrandt or August Augie Hildebrandt this is this awkward guy. He remind me of Spock. Spock, huh? Like Spock. Yeah. I don't. Know, he's looked like Spock and like his mannerisms. Like, well, that doesn't work. That's not a good idea, was, guys. Was he like the comic relief? Like he was supposed to be the funny friend in the movie. I don't think anyone knew who was comic relief. I feel like. He- <laughs> <laughs> This movie's so chaotic with yeah. who is what. Yeah. yeah. We get Tommy Milner, who is just like the bully. And then we get Ruth Steinberg, who is Chuck's sister. And then you see a deputy. And then you see uh, a, a character. We don't know their name yet. We just know that he's not from town. He's driving in. And the sheriff's deputy notices him. And he's like, you're not from around these parts. <laughs> and I got a feel of like the original Rambo movie, First Blood, when... Rambo's kicked out of the town, <laughs> and which starts off the complete chaos that is Rambo. But uh-huh. this is just like a less violent version of that, and I just knew something was up just because of the time period. Oh, because I remember one part that I distinctly remember was a bunch of guys walking out of the U.S. Army enlistment office, like yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go fight them commies, like yeah, payback time. <laughs> it's like payback for what? <laughs> the Gulf of Tonkin never happened, bruh. Then Tom- again, when Tom- I've been running around too long, man, they've been they've been running. It's time. Thanks. It's takeover time, Rudy. Fascism. <laughs> <laughs> then again, when I when, when I enlisted, I was like, whoa, is me. Whoa, is me. Gonna go fight. You always have to yell. Why is everyone screaming? <laughs> I just want to... Pre- yeah, enough of that. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, no, uh, sh- oh, shit. So back to the... Uh, Movie. What are we at in the story? So we so just yeah beginning right. We just Halloween see like they're, where they're, inter- they're introducing the characters. It's Halloween night, yep. and you see Tommy's fishing poop out of a out of a toilet. Now, did they come up with the name Tommy from uh, you know the other movie Halloween because the little boy was Tommy that she was babysitting. Laurie Strode was babysitting from the movie Halloween. Do you think there's any? Don't give him that much creativity. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm reading <laughs> into it too much. Uh, so too much, too too much. <laughs> <laughs> So, so one of them, laugh. one of them's digging like uh, Chuck's digging in the toilet. For, typical for literal typical teenage guys, you know how they are. Yeah, digging, digging, around. Around, digging for Dookie. <laughs> God, if my dad caught me digging in the toilet for human feet, well, why imagine? is he digging in the toilet again? Because he's gonna. Because I, I didn't honestly, I didn't know. But I I'm, didn't, I didn't catch it. I was like, what the hell is he doing? And his sister like. 
catches him digging in the toilet, but because uh, like who the because like they, they're, no yeah this is where the Stranger Things thing got, got me was they're talking to each other on radios like do you have the toilet paper ready and they're all like yeah we do he's like well I'm about to dig for them like, he, like I'm about to we'll get the rest of the stuff I'm like what are they they're gonna I was like oh they're gonna go toilet paper someone's house something that cool kids did I never did that because I was really respectful of my neighborhood and would never do that. And people own guns in Kansas, so I didn't want to mess with either. And I just remember, he, like, they're, I thought they were going to TV in someone's house, but he's fisting feces out of a toilet. His sister catches him. Was like, oh, that you? was why. Duh. Because there was a prank being played later. Yeah, there's going to be a prank, but I didn't really know that. I thought it was going to be TV. Yeah, I was... I, okay, go ahead. And so they all wander off and, like, ride bikes after talking on the radio with each other. And I'm like, okay... Now we're all going to become Stranger Things and just start talking to each other on radio. I was like, is the girl character about the user mind to bend everything? Like, yeah. I, and that's part of my problem with this movie is that I was expecting to like it, but they started comparing it. I felt like it was trying to copycat, uh, you know, a couple other things. Like Stranger Things was one. Um, it, like I said, and I didn't buy into the characters and uh, if you're going to be a horror movie that's not necessarily basing this movie around being scary, which I didn't find it scary, by the way, then you need to at least make these characters interesting. You need to make the story interesting. Um, and I just, I, I was fading in and out. Like, I couldn't, uh, I wasn't interested. I wasn't invested enough in any character. I had like three out-of-body experiences by this point in the movie. Was... So which part of the movie really uh, made you just decide, like, I, I, what was the first inclination that made you decide, I don't know if I like this? Well, I just remember at one point someone's lying a bag full of crap on fire and throwing it in someone's vehicle. Yeah. They crash and completely ignore the fact that this kid crashes into someone's fence. Which, that's a whole other issue that kid's going to have on his hands. Yeah, like, well, first off, he literally... Oh, yeah, Ruth is in the car. His, and she's on a date. Yeah, so that's the sister of... Um, Chuck. Uh, of Chuck, who talks like this, and he's always super excited. <laughs> that's how he talks. That's legitimately how he talks. Yeah. No so, cap. But, uh... They do, the, uh, they do that prank. They throw a bag of crap in this uh, bully's vehicle. Who, that's another character I couldn't stand. It's like, oh, of course, of course he's wearing that Leatherman jacket. Of course, of course he, like, is a, just a complete psycho that they show hitting, like, oh, uh, yeah, that, uh, hitting that scarecrow, like, for no apparent reason early, but earlier in the story. Like, right after he joins the army, him and his friends decide to start day drinking and just drive I'm over. Like, I'm like, is that what boys do, though? Like, is that what, <laughs> is that what boys in the like, 50s did, is they would get drunk and fight scarecrows? Actually, thank you very much. Dang, bro. No, I, Vietnam War, bro. For, for me, for me, I think Rudy is what I was watching. Quentin Tarantino's. We did the uh, Once Upon a Time in the what or uh, Hollywood, I guess. And then we go to this movie, and it's both in the '60s period, right? There's a fetish for the '60s, bro. But I was way more interested in Quentin Tarantino's version of the '60s than this version of the '60s. And I think I felt even almost nostalgic, like I had said earlier. Not even ever having been born in the 60s in Tarantino's. And this movie, I didn't feel anything for it. 
Also, I thought they could have used like more music from that time time period. That may have helped. Yeah. But, uh, so they throw the feces at him. He crashes the car. They all dip out and they all run to the run to the movie theater where they meet up with uh, a person just dwelling in their car. Who we find out his name is Ramon Rodriguez. So. They're all hiding from the bullets. The bullets are about to go about to go molly rock all of them because they caused him to get in a car accident, which is mm-hmm. a legitimate thing to be angry about. Sure. And, and so plus they plus the fact that you have feces, bad smelling feces in your it's been burnt. car. Yeah, I'd be pretty annoyed. So they all run to this car. They open it up, and you see uh, Stella's character get interested in Ramon. And I was like, ooh. This is the, the one they just found in the... The car, an the open car. car. at the movie theater, the theater. Yeah, I was like, man, the 60s was such a cool time. You could literally jump in someone's car in a movie theater and it not bother them. Dude, like, I get weirded out when people I know walk inside my house and shake my hand and treat me like a decent person, let alone a complete stranger jumping in my vehicle. But you see, like, that, they're, that uh, Tommy's being nosy, going through and stuff. And he's like, are you doing it in your car? And he's like, hey, <laughs> stop digging my stuff. And I was like, damn, these kids are so comfortable, man. Like, the 60s was a different know, time, bro. Different time period. Different time, bro. Like, But, as we see, their worlds are about to be changed. As, um, so, Tommy finds them, makes them get out the car, and he uses a racial slur against Ramon, which, honestly, like, I didn't know if Ramon was Hispanic or... Yeah, um, I kind of figured that he was going to be something different. I felt like this was, um, I don't know, just trying to touch on, like, you know, social or political issues. But it's like, I don't know, like, why it's necessary for a movie about scary stories for kids. Like, I don't know how it really like, applies. Like, race was an issue back then, but this is a movie about scary things. Yeah, so. it just, it, I feel like there's a time and place. Like, you don't need to have that in every single movie. Like, if this was a movie about JFK, yeah, we're going to be talking sure. about racial issues. But if this is a yeah. movie about scary stories that... Like, this is geared towards a kid, like, more of a kid audience. Like, kids going, becoming teenagers, you know. Kid, kid, kids being kids, man. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they're like they pretty much like oh yeah they're watching Night of the Living Dead by uh, George Romero which is a st- right. like a classic in the horror genre sure. and so they're pretty much like look scram and they decide to go to the house of a woman named Sarah Bellows who was a girl who grew up in a wealthy family I guess no one saw her she was kept in the basement and uh, everyone in that family disappeared and she apparently died, supposedly. Mm-hmm. So they all go inside this house. Tommy and uh, Augie wander off because they're two oblivious teenage boys who only care about goofing off, which, being a former teenager myself, like, a while back, I could completely picture myself being this stupid with my friends. Dude, we still are that way. But yeah, true. We're, yeah. <laughs> so, so Augie and them break off, and then it is R- Ramon and Stella just having like moments by themselves and you can tell Stella likes him and Ramon may be interested or maybe he's just interested in like the squeaky ass because he finds a secret door to the basement where Sarah lived and while this is happening um, upstairs Augie and Chuck are hiding from each other and Chuck hops in a closet 
And Augie's like, if you come out, I will punch you. So Chuck decides to hide. And then Chuck opens the door a little bit. And essentially he goes back in time and sees like one of the older family members and a very nice dog. Like a very cool. Oh, but this was, uh, but that was, uh, so he's seeing something. Though. Yeah, he's, like, like, he's literally first... having visions. Yeah. And he gets spooked. We don't know who that person is. Yeah, because the woman, because the lady is, uh, I think was blind. Or something could, but couldn't see. But she's like, "Who is that?" And the dog starts Who's to notice. There? Yeah, the dog starts to notice because you know do- dogs see everything. Starts sniffing around. You know? He starts to peek his little schnoz and the sh- things. <laughs> the schnoz is there. And so he freaks out, and Augie finds him, just like a terrified Chuck, which kind of weirds at Augie because, like, I don't know, Kyle can tell when I'm pissed off, which is usually all the damn time. The only time I know is like when you're quiet for more than five seconds. Yeah. That's when I'm like, okay, something's off. What's going on, Rudy? Yeah, and so he's his friend. He's his friend, so you can tell when he's in a bad mood. So they go and go look for uh Do they go, or did they just, like, wander down there? Ah, dude, I'm, like, forgetting that part. I have to go back, because um, didn't they... They got away. Yeah, they, well, they, they, they the, left. They, they got downstairs. Yeah, when well, they find the book, and then they get locked down there. Mm-hmm. By Tommy. Tommy finds them. Mm-hmm. Tommy finds them, and Ruth is there. And Ruth is like, "That's my brother." And I was like, "Are we just gonna completely forget that your brother caused a person to get into a car accident because he's kind of rude to him on a regular basis, which may, which, may be justifiable in 2019." That's but. where they try. That's where they try to make it justifiable in the movie because oh, it's okay. This guy's a bully and he's just a crazy psychopath who's probably just gonna end up killing people. Yeah, especially in the war. He's about to go to Vietnam. He's going. He's going to the war. Essentially, this is this is a prequel to Full Metal Jacket. I'm telling you, I, I think this movie was anti-military. It's anti-military, Rudy. It's I, I, anti-me because <laughs> thank me for my service. <laughs> God, dog, God, no one cares about you here, Rudy. Can you do that? <laughs> oh, this movie offended me. Not really. I, this movie offended me by being bad. Being bad. Oh. And so Ruth tries to defend her brother. So Tommy's like, "Fine, go down there with him." Just throws his girl down the stairs. Yeah. I was like, how douchey can you make this guy be? Like, right. you just wanted to be the the guy we just hate so much. Augie catches Ruth, and I was like, ooh, Augie's trying to start something with Ruth since they're both single, kind of. And then that's when, like, spooky stuff, I guess, starts to happen a little bit. Yeah, me. Spooked. So... What's the, what's the first monster we see in the movie? Well, we like see like a wolf. shadow lady because she opens up the door because they're screaming for help and mm. all of a sudden the door opens because... Uh, well, you're extra long. The first one we see is Scarecrow. Well, the, well we Scarecrow, but the first one we see move is the Cerebello ghost. Yeah. And so they find that and they go when they get out they see that uh, Ramon's car is wrecked. Or like... They walk outside and they see his car's wrecked. Yeah, well, I... By Tommy. After, because, like, the, uh, the, like, Colette, uh, Stella grabs the book and that unleashes the force because she reads a little bit of the book. Mm-hmm. And so, due to that, things start to get weird. So when they go out there, Ramon's like, uh, I'll just take care of this in the morning. And they all know it's Tommy, but they're, like, 
But Ramon is very hesitant to report the so fact yeah, that Tommy Vandal because he knows he's going to get in trouble, um, basically too. I yeah, because right? Ramon's a draft dodger. That's the whole reason. <laughs> that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Ramon's a draft yeah, dodger. We'll get into that later. But Ramon's avoiding the Vietnam War like many other people did. Mm-hmm. But he didn't make it to Canada. Do we know what state this is even in either? Also, he thought he was going to be a you know a suspect uh, from oh. earlier oh, yeah, the earlier it. altercation. With Tommy? Oh, yeah, because, so. um, so Tommy runs off. Tommy gets drunk, and his mom was like, Go get eggs and bring them to some neighbor or someone. So he yeah, goes and Tommy, grabs. Yeah, when he goes back home and stuff. After, yeah, he, he goes and grabs after, eggs. After and, a wild night out. Yeah, after a while. He's like, Are you drunk again? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 17 year old kid. Like, this, Are you drunk again? Like, this guy's an alcoholic already. Yeah. It's bad. bad so he goes, and get, he goes and gets eggs, and he sees the. Scarecrow, he was abusing earlier, and he starts walking off, and he starts to notice something. And then he realizes, oh, the the Scarecrow is chasing him. Yeah. Which was kind well, of entertaining to watch. Well, uh, yeah, it kind of sort of builds it up as like, oh, he kind of walked, and then he kind of walked back to the same spot, and the Scarecrow's there again. It's like, oh, this guy's just showing up out of nowhere. Trouble's a-brewing. Oh, and so, so while this is happening, Stella's opening the book. And it's like, mm, that, is that when the words are being? Yeah, and that's why I brought up the I brought up the movie, the TV show series Death Note, which in the TV show Death Note, it's an anime, which was made into a horrible live action adaptation on Netflix. And if you write someone's name in the death book and how they die, like how like and how they should die, that is how they die by the Shinigama. But scary, and here. They, I, I felt like a hint of Death Note when the the story entitled Harold is pretty much describing how Tommy will die. And so while this is happening, she's noticing this, and it just seems kind of odd to him. And so it odd, like, oh, what's going on? And then mm-hmm. uh, long, Tommy is killed by the Scarecrow. Like, he gets stabbed by a Scarecrow and, and then, then he, turns into a Scarecrow. Yeah, so he starts vomiting uh, straw, right? Yeah. And becomes... Straw. He becomes a scarecrow, but scarecrow. no one really notices that. So the next day, Stella is pretty much convinced that Tommy was turned into a scarecrow because that's which what I had an issue with a little bit because it's like, why does she just automatically buy into all this already? I mean, is it just based on the fact that they were at that haunted house and you know something occurred? Hey man, and kids, uh, are, kids will do the darndest things. The that's another part of this movie that just kind of bugged me. I felt like some of the acting was uh, meh, slightly overacting at times, especially with um, one thing. You know, a couple of the main characters. One thing you will see with this is like they start like they show the name of the t- the title of the story, and like say a little bit of it. But after that, you don't know the story. Yeah. So if you had never read the book, yeah, I knew nothing about the book. So, so these make no it. sense. Like, like there are scenes in this movie. Like there are small like. The way they do it is like they combine three like stories and put into a movie, but they like kind of begin the story but don't explain what's going on. Yeah, like some of these stories, there is a possibility like to defeat this creature. There's but, no background to it. Yeah, there's no background, so it's really confusing. So you're like, oh, you got to put piece together that. And uh, one thing they did do is with Zoe's. Um like it's her and her dad, right? Or Zoe's character, what? What's Stella. That? Stella, uh, her dad, uh, which is played by uh, that actor from Breaking Bad, uh, who is Hank. I don't remember what his acting name is, but 
But uh, they try to build like some story off of that, which kind of felt like a half-hearted attempt at you know making it interesting or some like uh, sympathetic character. I, I don't know. I just uh, I felt like it was kind of you know just half-hearted and it was kind of very. Oh, you're like Stella's mom walked out on her, like yeah. Stella cries at the movies because oh are you just gonna disappear like your mom like oh man oh right on the field why do you gotta make why do you gotta make Tommy just just the worst person imaginable so the next day Stella and Ramon because Ramon stayed at Stella's house in her basement Mm -hmm. which I'm like so if any dads out there if your daughter 14 years old brought home a random guy she's not 14 though is she well she's in high school but well she's like if your daughter brought home a homeless draft dodger. Would you be okay with him sleeping in the basement? After <laughs> if he was homeless, it's one thing. Draft dodging? I don't think so. And so they go to uh, the the cornfield to go find Tommy, and they notice the police are there. Ramon's like, I can't be seen. So <laughs> well, she go- well, they find Tommy. Um, it's his Leatherman jacket's over the uh, over the scarecrow. scarecrow. So. Oh, we could just automatically assume then that Tommy is dead because he's got that jacket, that same jacket on. Yeah. And so I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, this is retarded. This is the dumbest thing I've ever. I was like, who? This is this is tomfoolery. So the movie the movie slows down. It's nighttime again. Stella and Ramon witness another story being written. It's called The Big Toe, and I guess it involves uh, Augie. That part was disgusting, by the way. Yeah, it actually was That's nasty. Crazy. So the story, the the story in the the book, I believe, from what I've read and what I researched, cause I don't really, I don't own a copy of the book anymore. Um, the person, like, I, I just read it when I was younger at my friend's parents' house, and I guess the person, the original story is like a kid finds the toe, and like his this dude's family's cooking, but in, like in the in the movie, you like Stella's trying to warn Augie via the Stranger Things radio saying. Don't eat the chili. It is bad. There's a toe in it. And Charlie... I mean, Augie just ignores it. Mm-hmm. Like any teenage boy would. But... You okay. said a what? While he's like stuffing his yeah. face? The thing is, Augie's like, who cooked this stew to his mom over the phone? <laughs> and I was like, man... And it already kind of looked questionable. Yeah, I'm like... It's if, like, really? If you've never seen that pop before and no, don't know who's cooked it, why are you eating it? This is... I, I'd rather have a White Castle burger... Then have this tomfoolery. <laughs> and so he's eating it, and then you hear, like, where is my toe? Or, like, Stella saying, where is my toe? Because the story's being written, like, in Death Note, how he's going to die or disappear. And you, just, you see this raggedy lady coming in, and Augie finds a toe, and Augie just pretty much vomits and drops the food and sees the... Cre- like, hears or see Does he see it, or does he, he just hear it? He... Hears it first, like he hears it, it, and then he, and then it kind of starts walking, and like he sees it, he like runs into the bedroom, right? Yeah. So he hides under that bed, and this is another scary part, and well, this that's ha- when the per the the missing toe person <laughs> comes in, <laughs> comes comes in, opens the door, and, and then just then we don't hear anything for a minute, and. He's, so he's like, oh, I 
Is it safe to come out now? <laughs> he just comes out. This assumes that it's, the coast is clear. And then, oh shit, no! He was under the bed the whole no, time! Uh, and he pulls him back under. Uh, yeah, Je- and Stella and Ramon are uh, too late. It was just such a, I don't know, these these scares were even cliche. For That's what bothered like, me. I'm like, oh, he's gonna be. He's either going to get attacked over the bed or under the bed. He just disappears. Like It, it makes no sense because you don't. That's that's what bothered me. Like they explain a little bit of the story. Like if if you're a fast reader, you might be able to read it. Mm-hmm. Like on the screen as it's being written, but you really don't know what technically is supposed to happen. Like yeah. Stella knows, yeah, and maybe Ramon. Stella's an unreliable narrator, and so at this point, there's something up. The next day, all the kids meet at some like abandoned area, and Chuck is there. Oh yeah, Chuck has, like, been absent in this part of the movie. Like, if you were really close friends with someone, like, wouldn't you keep taps of the radio, too? But then again, if you've seen Stranger Things, not always... Hey, you alright? Like, like, yeah. Everything 10-4? Everything everything good in the hood? (laughs) And so they all meet there, and Stella's like, we lost Augie. And Tommy was like, well, we got... Like, he doesn't believe it. I'm just like, like, why do you just accept, oh, he's dead, it's over. I'm like, game over. Uh, all right. <laughs> we gotta wrap this up. Gotta fill the spot. Her willpower's hey, pathetic. Hey, Ruth, you want to hang out with us even though you were on a date with the guy whose car we completely wrecked? Yeah. Like, I'm probably not gonna, like, stay friends with you. Like, you knew I was, like, in a struggle. You're not even gonna come check on me or anything? Yeah, like, so... That's what frustrated me, man. It's like these kids don't really care about each other. It's so dumb. Yeah. That's what frustrated me so much about this movie. But we go be we go beyond that. You see that Stella? I mean, not Stella. That Ruth has a zit on her face, and she's putting like makeup on it. And yeah. Tommy like makes a comment on it. And so like, but it's so relatable to teenagers. Yeah. So we have to have someone with a pimple too. What, what did it end up even happening with that? I mean, she uh, she well, has it. it uh, I just remember, like... Did it relate to the other... How did it connect to the rest of the stories? Oh, my God. Because I remember the all, like, when they all meet up and talk about how they lost Augie, uh-huh. they try to burn the book and realize the book can be burned. Because early right. in the movie, right. she tried to, like, return the book, but it showed it back up at her house. Mm-hmm. So it kept showing back up, and then when they tried to burn it, it would not burn, and it stayed continued it was in the exact condition where they found it it kept writing down as they were seeing the words slowly appearing on this page of yeah. what was going to happen so we see that and you like you see Ruth says to know like she like wanders off to the bathroom or whatever and I didn't realize she was going to be in Bye Bye Birdie which is a good song I so yeah she was a this is a yes um, a school play a drama yeah like a theater yeah so she's at the school and they're doing the play. They're going to be doing the play, and she's got this big old pimple on her face. Oh no! Oh no! Woe is me! Woe is me! Yeah. So, so she, she has to run to the bathroom, and she's got she's like that's oh, that's I have to pop it. That zit grew that thing exponentially grew by, by the millisecond. Man, that <laughs> yeah. thing was gnarly. The, that plot speed was amazing. <laughs> but so she, I, I was like, oh god, please do not like. Like she starts trying to pop it, and it's like you see like the up closer, like oh my. The God, thing is, like any I didn't know what was going to happen because I don't remember the story in the book. Like I read yeah. this book like fifteen years ago in high school, and I, I thought it was cool, but I don't remember it. 
Maybe it was an actual. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't in the actual book. I don't know. Maybe they just needed to add another plot. No, plot. it's 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 in the story. It is I, on Jesus, bro. And so I like she realizes the spider, and uh, Stella notices that that there's a new story being written. After she popped it in, mm-hmm. it was full of uh, spider. spiders. It's full of spiders. Yeah, spiders. But Stella notices this, so the the gang. What's, the gang gets back together. <laughs> the gang gets ready for one last heist. Yeah, one last heist. So they run over to the school to find Stella, like, panicking in a corner. No, no, no. Wait. Yeah, because she Stella, pops... No, Stella's not that... It's Stella that's the main one, right? Stella goes... You know, I mean, they find Ruth panicking Ruth, in a corner, yeah. freaking out because there's spiders everywhere that just came out of her cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Ramon is the tough guy over here, and... Starts to pour water on her and fight her, like, to get the spiders off with her jacket. Yeah. Strong female lead. That's what we need. Stella turns the lights on, and all these people are staring at this girl in a a corner crying with obvious bug bites over her. But later on in the movie, it says they sent her to a psychiatric, like, a a psych ward because of this. I'm like, y'all didn't see the bug bites? Y'all are so stupid, bro. Y'all are dumb. Y'all are really dumb. Yeah. So the group figures out like something is going terribly wrong. And is that when they go and meet with the uh, what was it the the um, childhood friend of uh, Sarah Bellows? Um, or was a friend uh, slash uh, her mom worked. Yeah. So Sarah Bellows had like a caretaker, and the caretaker had a daughter. So they go to the house of the daughter of the caretaker and talk to her. And they get like a little bit of information, and she's blind as well, right? Yeah, she's also blind. So why? So why is it that these characters all go blinds in the movie? Honestly, that could have been better explained too. I just remember that. So they talk about Sarah Bellows, and they're like, Sarah Bellows never died, or like she didn't wasn't she didn't die in like the house. She died at this like a psychiatric like a hospital nearby, yeah, a men- mental health facility. Yeah. It was just like yeah, so they yeah, she got in a mental health facility, yeah. and so they they decide to go there, and yeah. they asked to pull up the records. Yeah, on. because the original caretaker's daughter grew up with Sarah, but it was young, a little bit younger than her. But her young, her little mind knew, you know, this family isn't treating this girl right. It reminded me how the Kennedys treated that one relative of theirs. I don't remember her name. Like they like gave her a lobotomy and she became a vegetable. It kind of reminded me because this, the Bellows family was like this really wealthy family. Yeah. And they just had this one person that had a special skin condition, so she would need to be inside, but they took it to the extreme and just locked her in a basement, which is really rude. Her but, brother was Ephraim, right? Yeah. Uh, and he was a, he was he a doctor. doctor? He, was a, he was her doctor, which yeah. is a crazy part. Doctors so, were stupid back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Yeah, but essentially, yeah. So they all scurry off. The gang screws off to the do- to the hospital to go talk, go see medical records. They just go up like, "Hey, we like to see some medical records for a person that's dead." And the nurse like, "Oh, that's all." We don't the, give that out. And that's then, all in the red room. And, and the but, movie, but they like they won't give it out. But they're like, "Oh, it's okay. It's been a hundred years." And then the doctor's like, "Well, it's in the you red can room. Find it. It's in the red room." Yeah. I'm like, "Okay, well, uh, there's HIPAA violations all over right there." Well, it's like uh, Tommy. I mean, Chuck talked about. How he had had these dreams about this lady uh-huh. in a red room, and he just like starts panicking, just like scurries red off. Room. Red, red room, red room. <laughs> yeah, so they scurry like so. Ramon and Stella scurry off like to increase the plot romance, 
and Chuck scurries off because he is being a scaredy cat and doesn't make the situation any better, which they go down there and they find a um, clay jar, mm-hmm. which I realize... Jars of clay? Yeah, jars of clay. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> so Ramona's like, oh, this is what they use to record recordings on. And I was like, dang, this dude's smart, brave, and he's a draft dodger. Well, oh, more, he's, my hero. He's the little Zan of their time. <laughs> little Zan. So, no, wait, all little Zan? Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. So they listen to it, and essentially, uh, the Sarah Bellows admits that she knows that her family own, like her family owns like a, I think a mill, a paper mill plant, but mm-hmm. a lot of kids are dying in that area due to the chemicals, and she knows it. So Ephraim uses shock therapy to convince mm-hmm. her that yeah. she poisoned the kids with black magic. Yeah. And so this is all a huge conspiracy in the cover up of this nineteen like that this early nineteen hundreds murder. But this could have been like this story right here could have been its own movie. Could have been uh, brought along way sooner in the film. I thought like there could have been you know more piecing yeah. this this together. But it's like they show this like part. In like the last fifteen the minutes, I'm like, the movie. and it's too late for me to care. Honestly, I'm like, like, what? I don't care about that now. And like, then while this is happening, a new story starts being written in the book called "The Pale Lady," which I don't remember this at all, and I don't even know what was going on. You just see Chuck running around, getting lost in the hospital, mm-hmm. and so they turn the hospital on lockdown, and everything turns red, which is why they I, they did that. I don't know, but you just see this like big figure lady up here looks like a white snorlax from pokemon if anybody guys get that she was she was a uh, pretty terrifying that's i think that was probably the most terrifying that was the creepiest thing for me so chuck's and running nasty. around chuck's running around getting scared and he's like every everywhere he turns she appears and i guess mm-hmm. that's part of her story but they She's everywhere yeah well, the thing is, they don't explain it. You just see the beginning and they're like oh no it's chuck's story now uh, uh, you aren't gonna try to help him or yeah. Tell us, is there a way to fight this? Yeah. So the lady, the white, the white lady catches up with Chuck and absorbs absorbs him into herself. And that's it for Chuck. That's but that's just kind of like where this um, I take issue with. Like I don't mind them, you know, trying to create a whole movie out of and connect the dots with these three separate stories. But these were not seamless. It was not a seamless. Uh, there was not a good transition. And I was like, we don't... There's have no idea why we this as person... audience deserve monster. better, doggone it. I know, yeah. So, I don't know. I just uh, didn't do it for me, man. And then I don't bother to like it. What bothers me, the only thing that I left behind was uh, uh, Chuck's pen that if you turn it a certain way, a provocative image of a woman would appear. And... I, that's like the one thing that we knew about Chuck. He's an immature teenager. Right. So um, the police come and arrest them or detain them. Yeah. Um, Stella is giving a phone call to her dad, and Stella's like, "I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to run away. I'm just trying to." Essentially, she could have said, "Dad, I'm trying to solve a case with my friends. Leave me alone." Yeah, the dad. They're talk. It's like it's their last conversation they're ever gonna have with each other. It's I was like, like, "What?" It gave, you, like, it gave you that yeah, vibe. They're both like, just breaking down, crying like, over the phone. You're not gonna go straight to jail. You're gonna go to court, or um, your dad can just come pick you up. Yeah. But she didn't want to leave Ramon behind. But that's also where I like I don't buy into these characters' emotions because I have no idea what's going on. Between oh yeah, because like you only know like st- st- the reason why Stella wasn't home is because uh, her dad wasn't home is because her dad's working because her early in the movie her her. 
the Stella's like, did you worth as much when mom was around? And he's like, yeah, it's called a job. Like, he just kind of brushes off because they're both about to start getting emotional, start crying. Stella's crying on the phone, and then Ramon reveals he's a draft dodger because his brother got drafted and he came home in pieces. Mm-hmm. So it's like an anti-Vietnam movie at the same time. And so he gets arrested for that. His name isn't Ramon Rodriguez. It's Mar- Mar- Ramon Mar- Mar- Morales. And around this time, all the other cops disappear. And it's one, excuse me, it's one sheriff's deputy. And I guess he hears a sound. And he's like, oh, it's the jingly guy. And I guess that's <laughs> the a... Jingly, the jangly guy, right? That's all you jingly know. Jingly or jangly? Jang- uh, whatever. It's that's the all jingly you know. man. That's what it was. They don't even explain what his purpose is. You just know he's like... He, his head pops in. Are they supposed to be figment, figments of, uh, you know, these are... It's a scary story. Characters, uh, imaginations. Like, it's a, it's kind of like how it was. Like, uh, like all of the characters in the movie had a fear of well, something. Well, it, it was that, but with the gen- these are all stories that have become real. So, yeah. essentially, this, for me, would be if Yu-Gi-Oh cards became real. Or Pokemon was a real thing. That's what it was. So, these are all stories... And so the well the Jingle Man wasn't a story it was a uh, it was a campfire story that his relatives would tell him but so this head pops in through a chimney and the cops like hell no start shooting at it and they're all freaking like uh, Stella and Ramona freaking out because they're like oh you gotta let me out please let me out and the officers quickly dispatched Stella gets hold of his keys breaks Ramon out they break off Ramon drives off to distract the Jingle Man. While Stella runs over to the Cerebellus home to return the book and figure out what is going on and put a stop to this madness. <laughs> and when she she gets there and she's instantly brought back in time because Ramon sort of keeps the jingling men at bay by crashing into a semi truck. Which oh yeah, that's right. Sh- I felt like should have caused more damage to both vehicles. I'm like because I know in the sixties there was definitely no. Regulations of safety with vehicles. You know the, the kids ain't wearing their seatbelts. Man, man, these kids are wearing seatbelts. There was a seventeen-year-old kid that was a drunk who was driving a vehicle. And his mom <laughs> was completely, completely fine with it. Yeah. I would show up late. I didn't have a curfew, but if I did have one, if I knew, I knew if I showed up late, my parents would be raising cane. And so, uh, Stella's pretty much living, like living out what Sarah Bella's experience. She's running around the house and saying like. Ms. I suppose being afraid of the family because the family's abusive of her mm-hmm. because they know she knows. And so she runs into the daughter of the housekeeper, but a younger version of her, and she points out to hides under the table, which I guess gave a connection that the housekeeper and the daughter both knew of the extreme abuse that was going on. So if you and so originally they blamed the mur- like the death of those kids as murder from black magic mm-hmm. from the housekeeper and her daughter. And so that's how they got rid of all the witnesses, but was by getting them out of town. Were there kind of like um, similarities here to like, th- were there mentions of uh, the Salem witch trials too in the movie, something like that? Like it was kind of like similar. And so to, uh, that time, sh- that's all happening, and she gets caught and thrown into the basement, and Ramon runs all the way to the house, only to be caught by the jingly man. They, like, it's just like Shoshana Desperation. So, s- essentially, Stella makes a deal with Cerebello saying, I will write the true story. I will tell everyone what happened. Please stop this from happening. 
and the jiggly man's about to make his pounce on Ramon, and uh, yeah, everything ends. That's it. That's how. That's how. That's that was how, how it ended. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing. That's it's how like, it ended for the monster part, but that's not how the movie end right. ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the chaos, that's how it supposedly ends. So after that, it's just like a monologue of her. Oh yeah, well, no, the, yeah. So she makes a deal with Sarah Bellas to write, finish the story, and she cuts her finger and writes in blood the right. what really happened. And so I guess that cancels all the spookiness of the movie. And so she's writing the story, and then you see Ramon getting on the bus, finally accepting Ramon that he will be a draft. casualty. Draft <laughs> he is like he's about to be a casualty of the Vietnam War. Yeah, essentially, it's about to become Forrest Gump. And I, I was like, "Man, lighten up, kid! You're about to enjoy the best time of your life." Yeah. If, yeah. Oh. I mean, you're about, to, you're about to live out apocalypse now. <laughs> you're about to go from one horror to the another horror. horror. Yeah, is this essentially like showing the Vietnam War was a true horror, like an apocalypse now, or just a very horribly written plotline? Maybe this is Marlon Brando's character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on. she, so Stella's essentially Stella's writing a story to Ramon. You see Ramon getting kind of emotional. Oh yeah, like they have all this emotional tension. And in the basement, you think they're going to kiss, and they just hug. I'm like, man, come are we in middle? I was like, come on, guys. We are in middle school. Come on. Let's see a little tongue action. <laughs> like, Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, and I just, this was so frustrating. And do, do they like her? Or does he, do they like each other? It just really, really... But maybe it's also trying to get, like, you know, it's like that kind of awkward phase like where you... Boy, bro, you're about to go to war, bro. There's no awkward phase in that, man. You got to get... Hold their hand at least, bro. They hug. That's more than holding a hand, right? I don't know, man. Actually, I don't know, man. I, I held I held one girl's hand before I shipped off, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and you the butterflies. And so Stella's writing this story, and you see Stella's like doing it, like uh, narrating, like she's in her car with her dad, and she's like, "We lost Augie and Chuck, but I know we can bring him back." And it pans out to see um, Ruth's in the back. Because somehow she got out of the psychiatric hospital. And it's her dad. And they're essentially on a journey to get back Chuck and Augie. And most likely Tommy because he's dead too. This whole town is ignored. There's three missing boys. Like, so, no one cares. Like So, yeah, we were kind of... Yeah, well, one of them was a dick. And then, you know, the, uh, the other two we didn't care that much about. So yeah. we move on. Oh, like... So it's like, what is it, Chicago, fast. where people die on a daily basis yeah. and no one cares? So that'll probably be the uh, part two of a very unwanted, uh, you know, series. <laughs> this is about as a, that series. I at least want to see a part two of this more than I ever want to see a part two of Avatar. Why? Avatar, I did actually like. Shut up. I mean, it had, okay, the technology is not what it was at the time. And yes, it was it copying... Fucking uh, Pocahontas. Yeah, okay, whatever. I still liked it. I just like this movie could have been better if they just like separated out. This could have been a trilogy from each monster gets their own dedicated story. Yeah, where they could have like, you know, gone more in depth. Yeah, but they decide to vomit as much content into one movie and mm-hmm. hopes it spooks a bunch of teenagers yeah. that I've yet to see. Because like, like, there is... Do we see a lot? Did you see a lot of kids there when we saw the movie? No. 
I yeah. I feel like this movie like they're trying to be edgy for kids that aren't edgy yet. Super like edgy. when I was fourteen, I had already seen Cannibal Holocaust. Fourteen year olds aren't trying that hard enough because um, uh, most uh, eighty year olds probably shouldn't see that movie either. No one should see that movie. It's not really that well made. But I'm a I'm a huge fan of horror and for perpetuating the culture. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this movie is not going in the right way because I feel like there's way too many cheesy horror movies. That have zero, that have like not well written out plot lines, and this movie had so much potential, and it, it kind of it gave me a letdown. And I'm just gonna go right into it. I'm gonna give this like f- five out of ten spanks on the Rudy spectrum, okay? Because it wasn't complete like garbage, but it definitely didn't tickle my it, fancy. Well, it, that's the thing too. It got it was well received by a lot of the critics, and uh, I'm just. I was not vibing with it. I don't know. Maybe I saw it in the wrong mood, but uh, it wasn't for me. Um, I didn't like the fact that uh, these uh, monsters were seemingly CGI or computer animated. Some some of them it seemed like. I mean, it's produced by Guillermo del Toro, who he always has like excellent production on his films, but that's kind of where it became disappointing. Because I think in my own head, I'm thinking, oh, I can tell that this is not real. So it's less scary to me. That's how it comes across. And as I said, I thought the characters were just cliche. They, they were bland. Uh, there wasn't a lot to, you know, I've never read the books. So that's coming from me. And so I was trying to pick up the pieces and I was actually expecting to like the movie. I wasn't going to hold it to the same level as, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or, you know, some of the other movies we've done more recently. But uh, I expected it to be good. And it just wasn't for me. I think I give it a 4 out of 10. Spanks. And just like, I feel like horror movies just have a bad reputation. Like, they're just, like, people like know the movie's about to be bad. And that's why they enjoy it. Like, I want to enjoy a horror movie, sure. and like for like its scariness, like my top horror movies of today, like within the past few years, would be like *Midsummer*, *Hereditary*, *The Witch*, *A Ghost Story*. Is that really a horror film? Though? Some people consider it horror. It follows. It's kind of a drama too. But yeah, things like that—they have fleshed-out plots that Something are good. That, but that's also that's coming from uh, you know kind of new ideas. And also, those are all A twenty-four movies. <laughs> <laughs> so we agree that we do like A twenty-four. Uh, this was a CBS Films uh, production. Uh, this is good. Eh. Doggone, man! This movie just—I uh, mean, one thing I, I thought they did get, do well was they, the the set, you know, design was good enough. I thought the. Uh, the yeah, costuming cast, was good. The costumes are good. They did they definitely get the aesthetic and the feel of the 60s. But, uh, I mean, it, it was like, when you have to start finding reasons good about good about a movie, then, uh, I mean, it's just, you don't like the movie. That's what it is. This so, movie was reaching. That was what I was doing. And so I discovered that. I'm like, I don't like this movie. Yeah, so, I wasn't impressed. But, yeah, I just wasn't impressed. It could have been so, a lot better. So, we'll see, man. Uh, 
Let's see. Guillermo del Toro. It's a director I really respect. I know he produced it. And uh, what was the name of the uh, actual director? Um, it was kind of a uh, uh, a oh overdaw overdaw. Over <laughs> okay, so I, mean, I, I don't want to Andre Overdaw. 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 Okay. But I just feel like with this, when it comes to Guillermo del Toro, like Guillermo del Toro helped write a movie plot. I mean, a movie like yeah. a, a, a idea for a game called PT. Which was going to be the final game in a Resident Evil series, which is a video game series, and that was terrifying. Like the the yeah. the, the the demo game that they released, that Kojima released for that was scary, yeah. and I was expecting to get that kind of scariness in this movie, and I just got a case of the sads because it just wasn't a good movie. Like I'm very sad. Yeah, it was very. Oh man. So uh, o- overall, our take is uh, similar. See at your own risk. We both just didn't enjoy it overall. So you said what? See at your own risk. See at your own risk. Not not horrible, but we didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So not as bad as the den don't die. Yeah, I'll get, I'll say it was probably a little bit better than that. So um uh, yeah, this is about to end up. We're wrapping up Reddit reviews for this episode. If you have any th- any questions or if you want to be on an episode, uh, hit one of us up. Uh, this is very grassroots, so if you can get a hold of us, if you get a hold of us, if you like this episode, thank you. If you don't like this episode, please give us creative criticism or, or um, you know, screw off. Yeah. One so, of the two. <laughs> Whatever you want. Say right, everybody. Right, reviews out. <laughs>